It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Everyone, welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer along with producer Austin O'Neill. Kirk Elliott is zooming in with us today. And uh, we've got a good show lined up for you. We're going to talk a lot about what happened down at the World Finals last night, the Oval Nationals, Big Block Modifieds race last night. That was a heck of a race that we saw last night as well. And uh, Kirk Elliott is joining us from his lovely apartment in Independence, Missouri. Kirk, how you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing great. I had a little procedure this morning. They won't let me drive, so that's why I can't be with you in person. But, uh, hey, this is the next best thing, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, uh, Todd, surprised he gave you a little help this morning, didn't he? He, gave he you did. A, yeah. Yeah. So, how, yeah. everything went well then? I'm still alive. They said I, uh, I'm i good to go. You're good so to go. Yeah. It's, so, we're ready to ready to see some great racing the rest of this weekend. Kirk, let, let's just give a little insight into the life of Kirk Elliott, just a little bit, all right? Just a little bit of insight. How many years have you lived at the Mansion Apartments? Uh, I've been here, let's see, 32 years. 30? <laughs> Kirk <laughs> Elliott has lived in an apartment for 32 years. Yeah. How about that, Kurt? Are you the oldest? Are you the longest um, person that's lived there in the apartment complex? Do you know? I, I believe I am. Yeah. Y you're the record holder now, <laughs> right? I'm the record holder. Yeah. Kurt, so, so uh, let, me just, uh, let me just get into this just a little bit. Why have you chosen to live in an apartment for 32 years when you could have spent all that money and put it on a house? Uh, you've got a philosophy behind this, don't you? Well, it's a lifestyle choice. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. I'm a single guy, as everybody knows. So it's just me. And, uh, you know, by by running this kind of a situation here, I don't have to worry about all the things that everybody that owns a house has to worry about. So right. it's just a, it's just a choice. You know, there's, there's no right or wrong for anybody who uh, chooses whatever lifestyle they want to choose. So, but this is just the, what I've done. Yeah. So just so everybody knows uh, that you're going to go semi-retired here in just a little bit, right? Right. Um, and you're still gonna, you're still gonna live in Kansas city for a little bit, but you, you, yeah, you've got a house that you grew up in, that that you lived with your parents up in Mount Air, and you're going to be uh, kind of living in between those two houses, right? You're going to live up there a little bit up in Mount Air from time to time, and you're going to live here in Kansas City. Talk about that a little bit, right? And, and I am a homeowner. This is the uh, house that uh, my brothers and I own that uh, I spent the first 16 years of my life in. So. Yeah, I'm going to set up shop there and have a place to go to when I go to Iowa, but I'm still going to have a presence down here in Kansas City. I love Kansas City. It's hard for me to leave here full lock, stock, and barrel right away, but uh, I can be at both places. I get the best of both worlds that way. Kirk, just so people know, you moved to Kansas City. Really, the reason you moved to Kansas City is because of the Royals, right? That was one of the big reasons. The other big reason is because uh, when I was still living in Iowa and working at the Adams County Speedway, I used to come down and fill in at the old Lakeside Speedway and got to meet a lot of people. I hadn't met you yet, but I met a lot of great people here in Kansas City. And I said, you know what? There's some great racing around Kansas City. I want to be a part of that as well. So yeah. in 1986, if you can believe it, 36 years ago, I decided to move down here, and I've never regretted it. Kirk, did you um, did you announce at the old Lakeside Speedway at all? I filled in. Uh, when Jim Welch was the announcer down there, uh, you remember Jim? Yep. I used to fill in whenever he was gone or on vacation. I'd come down and uh, be the substitute announcer. That's back in, I want to say, 80. 
1983, I drive down here and I continued to kind of fill in until the track closed in 1988. And then uh, we did some work at, at the new racetrack as well. Kirk, uh, it, for people that don't remember, because listen, let's be honest with you. That was a long time ago, the old Lakeside Speedway. What, is, yeah. what are your memories of the old Lakeside Speedway? That boilerplate wall around the outside right. of the racetrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. <laughs> uh, very fast racetrack. A lot different than the new racetrack. Yeah. And uh, I just remember that every Friday night that I came down here, they were late nights, it seemed like. Not like, uh, you know, when the Friday night racing started on the dirt at the Dude Lakeside Speedway, they had three classes they get the show over with around 10, 10.30. The things I remember about the old Lakeside Speedway is the races ran deep and late into the night on a Friday night. Yeah. So, um, but but the old Lakeside Speedway was, man, it, it had so much history, didn't it, Kirk? It opened, I think, in 1955. Yep. That racetrack was around for a long time. Um, is there one memory that you have of that racetrack that stands out in your memory? Mm, not one in particular. I just remember Gene Claxton always seemed to run well every time I... Right came down to uh, watch the the late model racing was great back then Excellent. they had they had weekly late model racing at the old lakeside speedway and you'd see guys like joe kosiski come down and he won a national championship at the old lakeside speedway racing both the dirt at i-70 and lakeside speedway and you'd see just the high quality of late model guys that used to race at that racetrack on a regular basis back in the mid eighties. Yeah. Were you a little surprised when they decided to build Lakeside Speedway, the new Lakeside Speedway and make it a pavement track? Were you a little caught off guard by that? Uh, yeah, but I remember what was it, Eddie Southall was the, the yeah, guy kind Ed of in Southall. charge of getting that thing up and going again. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I think NASCAR, the weekly racing series, which the old Lakeside Speedway was a part of at that time, uh, I think there was some talk that having a pavement track might elevate the racing in Kansas City area that even back then there was a talk maybe that might attract NASCAR on a bigger scale at some point. And by racing pavement, at the new Lakeside Speedway, and I think the I-70 Speedway had already gone back to pavement at that time. It, it had, had, Scott. It had, yeah. So just to try to be a partner with I-70 Speedway for the NASCAR Weekly Racing Series, I think the the talk was if we get Lakeside to be pavement, that would be good for both I-70 and Lakeside. Kirk, tell me what Ed Southall told you one time uh, that what he, he was going to get NASCAR to that racetrack at Lakeside, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He had plans that they were going to build a much bigger racetrack besides the smaller Lakeside Speedway, and we're going to build it right out behind there. And I said, well, what are your plans? And he said, Winston Cup. <laughs> I said, really? Uh Really? You think that's coming here, huh? Uh, well, little did he know or I know that, that the NASCAR people had bigger plans than just that spot out in uh, where the new Lakeside Speedway is now. Yeah. Uh, uh, the one thing about Ed Southall, he was always a big dreamer, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He dreamed big. But, you know, he was right. Eventually, in the area, we did see NASCAR come to the area. It just wasn't exactly the way he planned it out yeah all right let's uh let's get into a little bit of action that we saw last night um kirk so did you get to watch some races last night i saw two races uh the uh brady bacon just uh stopping them at paris auto speedway last night yeah and i saw tanner english go wire to wire in the late model race at the world finals so uh, let's let's start off with the Oval Nationals out at uh, Paris Auto Speedway. Um, what did you think about that race? Robert Ballou led that race for the first five laps, but it just didn't seem like Robert had enough speed in his car, did it, Kurt? No, and you know, after a while, the everything was 
towards the top. Everybody was racing at the top side of the racetrack, and it seemed like the track just wasn't nearly as good in the latter stages of that race as when it looked like it was going to be at the start. And Robert just didn't have his car set up the right way to be. Of course, I don't think anybody did, had anything for Brady Bacon, but yeah. uh, he wasn't even able to manage uh, to hang on to second and third place. Justin Grant made a late charge up there, uh, but uh, Baloo just didn't have the right setup for the top side of the racetrack, it appeared to me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and Justin Grant, he, he didn't really have anything for Brady Bacon. But no. Brady had to be highly motivated with the passing of his grandpa, Ted uh, Bacon, passing away. He had to be highly motivated to win that race last night. Wouldn't you agree with me, Kurt? Oh, there's no doubt about it. And as he pointed out in Victory Lane, that he's won these preliminary races before at the Oval Nationals. Right. But the Big Eagle trophy is the one he has not won. That's on Saturday night. And I was kind of surprised. I I didn't know that Brady had not won the Saturday night finale at the Oval Nationals uh, before. And, uh, boy, he looks to me like that this Saturday night is going to be maybe one of the big nights in his career if he can pull that off, a race he's not won. Yeah. Uh, a couple guys that made a nice little run through the field. Uh, C.J. Leary started 11th. He ended up running third last night. And Kevis Thomas Jr., KTJ, he he started 13th. He ended up running fifth. Nice run by those two guys. Yeah, those two those two guys ran pretty solid. I thought maybe Max Adams was going to get a pretty solid finish there last night. He was running second and third. He had dropped behind back into third place there for a while and was managed to get back up to second. So I thought maybe Max Adams would be one of those guys, but uh, he wasn't there in among the top runners at the end of that race. Yeah. Austin, what'd you think about that race last night? Uh, Brady Bacon, he was pretty dominant, wasn't he? Yeah, there was, there was no way you were going to really beat Brady once he got out to clean air and got by, you know, Robert and, and Max Adams. But, um, you know, I had my eye on, on Grant. Uh, I looked, I didn't know what the points they I knew they were kind of close going into Kokopal. I didn't know what the gap was coming out of Kokopal. Um, and I just knew that, that Grant needed to be close to Bacon. And um, there's about two or three incidents or points in that race that uh, Justin Grant could have had a DNF and, you know, gave up his his, his big point lead. And, um, you know, one of those was with uh, Max Adams off of four. And I think he got caught up with somebody else. Uh, I can't remember which car it was. But, um, and then, you know, he's running like sixth, seventh, and really going nowhere. Catches two yellows, and boom, he's into second. So right. it's crazy how, like, within five laps, his, his race turned around for him. But, um, yeah, his car, nobody really had the speed I felt like Brady had. Uh, you know, maybe Max Adams, but um, he was just... I don't want to say out of control fast, but a little bit out of control fast in, in, in a way. He, he, he kind of faded there a little bit. He ended up running six last night, Max Adams did. Yeah, and Brady was just more of a consistently. And, and, and the way the cushion was was kind of choppy. If you hit it wrong, um, it was going to toss you over, and, and, and it caught Brody Rowe in that way too. So you had to be really, really finessed with it. And um, who better to, to put a show on than, than Brady on, on a track like that? Yeah, no doubt. Did you feel there at the end of the race that Justin Grant might have a chance at it? No. I, the track just, it, it was so top dominant there that, um, you know, usually we see Paris, you know, top and bottom, and, and you can get, you know, big runs built up for sliders. And I just, it, it really wasn't wasn't that way last night. And it was going to be a mistake on, on Brady's end to allow Justin to get to him. Um, and then at that point, you're hoping you can get enough momentum in the straightaway to slide him. But um, if, if Brady's buried up in the cushion like he was the entire race, and um, you know, he's going to drive right back by because you're wasting so much time across the track because you slide up in front of him. Right. So uh, it, if I was Justin in, in his, his shoes, um, I would have done what he did and just uh, maybe rode home, came home in a second place finish and, and make my, my night tonight and my night tomorrow night you know, really easy and really stress-free. Did you notice that uh, that that curb up there off of turn four was kind of gnarly a little bit? We saw some guys get in trouble over there a, a few times. It was we? like that all the way around. Yeah, yeah. What'd you think about that? Wouldn't Wouldn't you rather see? Listen, me personally, I've said this many times on the show, on Track Talk. Um, I'd rather see the top 
more dominant than the bottom. I, there's nothing worse than watching guys putt around the bottom in there. No, but there's also times where it, it's too top dominant and you can't get by anybody. And you're just sitting there in the train. So, um, but at least you got a chance to do a slide if you, if anything. Really, right? I mean, sometimes, but there's times where you know you, you you're you're so committed to the top and you're and you get to be buried in the cushion to to make pace and speed's you, too great. You, you bail off of that and you try and slide somebody and the bottom doesn't have any grip to, to get the left rear and get you across the track or the middle isn't dirty, you're you're not going to go anywhere and you're going to lose spots because the guys behind you aren't going to lift and they're going to be buried in the cushion and, and boom, free spots. So it, it if if the bottom maybe had a little more on it last night, we, we could have seen uh, maybe some more, some more passing and a little better. The racing was good, you know, mid-pack on back, but... Um, you know, this is just, you know, small critique stuff, you know, you're, you're breaking down. Right, right. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so l- let's talk a little bit about what happened down at Charlotte last night. Uh, Tanner English picks up the win over Shane Clanton. What'd you think of that race, Kurt? Uh, boy, Tanner English, he's been on the cusp of winning races, uh, in the World of Outlaw late model a series, but that certainly was a big win for him last night. He he was dominant last night. He was able, that was a 40 lap race, and he was rock solid that whole 40 lap race. There was just nobody else that had anything for him. Yeah, no doubt. And and I think if I'm not mistaken, he wrapped up winning the rookie of the year as well. Isn't that right? I think he did wrap yeah. that up. 81E of Tanner English. Max Blair, who was third in points was running for Rookie of the Year as well, but it sounded like last night that uh, Tanner English had wrapped up Rookie of the Year. Is that correct, Kirk? Yep, he did. And, of course, Dennis Herb Jr. is the champion of the world of outlaws. He didn't have as good a night as I thought he would have last night. I'm not exactly sure what was going on. I didn't watch the earlier races in the night, but uh, Dennis Herb, uh, he ended up in eighth place last night. Uh, not quite uh, the top five finish that I expected him to have, but still, he'd already wrapped up the championship. Are, 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 is anybody a little surprised about how Jonathan Davenport has fallen off a little bit here at towards the end of the year? I mean, he was so dominant at the start of the year, won all those races, won all that money, but he ran sixth last night. Anybody surprised by that? Austin, are you surprised by that at all? Now, if he ran 20th, I'd be surprised, but are, do we expect everybody that has a great year to win every race? Because well, we, we say the same thing about Brent Marks and Anthony and, and now Davenport true. when they don't win. I mean, sometimes you don't win. You can't win every race. It's, it's, it's motorsports. There's over 50 cars that show up, and it's, that's a, it's a high odd to, to try and go out there and win. And you can be like Jonathan on the first night and get wiped out and and two crashes in the first heat race and not make the show. So, you know, that's that's the night you're going to be surprised on. But a sixth-place finish, you know, it's you're still not in the top ten. That. It's just yeah. just a night, just an average night. Yeah, no doubt about it. Go I ahead. think he only ran a couple of races since he won the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, the World 100 and the Knoxville Late Model Nationals and back-to-back weekends. It took a couple of weeks off. He went to the Dirt Track World Championships, didn't really run all that well there. And I think he's only been in a couple of other races here in the last two months. So he hadn't really raced all that much. Uh, but uh, still, I, you know, if you get, for his standards, a sixth-place finish, not very good. Right. But uh, still, you know, what a year he's had. Almost $2 million in winnings for 2022. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, is anybody a little... Uh set back on the track conditions they they have down there at Charlotte a little bit. How about you, Austin? What do you think of those track conditions? It wasn't really good the first night uh, for the sprint cars. Hopefully it's better tonight, tomorrow night. It's just uh, we can't go out there and and smoke off a set of rear tires, um, you know, in a, in a feature like that. It's just, uh, and it was, it's, it's known for being really abrasive and I don't know, you know, what they can do to fix that. I don't know if it's, it's a way to, you know, get more moisture in the track throughout the year. You know, like I mentioned a couple of days ago, it sits all year long and, you know, gets raced two or three weekends of the year. And, and it's just, you know, in the California, not California, the, the uh, North Carolina sun and, and the, the weather, 
you know all year long with with that's that's it and some some races on it so um yeah it's just it, it, it i don't think it took red on the first night for the sprint cars but it was abrasive enough to eat all the tires off of it right um i just you can't you can't have that and and for them fighting for a championship still you got to give them you know a better a better track to race on than that but uh, don't you feel that maybe they shouldn't run that sheet metal all that sheet metal the week before I think you should just get rid of sheet metal altogether and just run a sprint car show. Well, <laughs> that's not happening. That's not going to happen because they're going to run the the big block modified. Yeah, I, 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 I know, models. but yeah, you know that's that's three big tire classes. Um, you know, because the, the big blocks are on on I think you know something similar to what the late models run for tires. So uh, I don't know if that just means we need more track rework uh, throughout the night, or or you know it's it's. Do we need to, you know, limit our entries? I don't. I don't think you should ever do that. But um, I think it's just going to be more effort out of out of the track crew, maybe to maintain it and keep it good. Um, uh, why why is that night. place so? Why is that place so dusty a lot of the time? Just not good dirt, wouldn't you say, Austin? Yeah, they did a they did a soil sample test a couple of years ago, and it it doesn't like water for some reason, uh, and it, it it you can dump a ton of water on it and, and try and flood it out and it's only going to absorb most of some of it and and just discharge the rest of it and um yeah i don't know it's just it's just that type of dirt down there uh you know your reddish clay that's um just native to that area that's just it's kind of something you don't ever really see right well it, it'd be nice to have some good old river gumbo down there wouldn't it that'd be a that'd be a perfect case scenario Man, Riverside had the best, the best dirt of any racetrack I've ever been to. Now, listen, it it get rough once in a while, and, and could get a little cowboy up. But man, it had a lot of grip down there. And Austin doesn't have a clue about Riverside. It, that it, was before Austin's time. You never went to a race there, though, did you, <laughs> Kurt? I never did. I uh, I. There was a big reason why I didn't, because after I'd moved down here and Riverside was open and running when I moved to Kansas City, but I was working at Corning, Iowa every Saturday night, didn't have a chance to go see a race there, but I did walk in and look over the place before they tore it down. So I just, I walked in, looked at it, uh, never saw a race there. Some of my greatest memories in my lifetime were at Riverside Stadium in Riverside, Missouri, so... All right, well, before we uh, take a break, I want to remind everybody about what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum right now. Uh, they've got another new Corvette, a 2023 Z06 Corvette with a Z07 performance package in it. It's pearl white, uh, tri-coat color, and they're going to give you $25,000 cash. They're going to be giving this car away on August 19, 2023. Uh, here's a little bit of the info about this Corvette. This is a real, real race car on the streets, folks. It's got 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. Kirk, could you imagine going from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds? Could you imagine that? That would put you back in your seat, wouldn't it? That would put you back in your seat. It's an 8-speed automatic this thing, it, it, it's got all the whistles and bells on it. It's got a dual-coil valve springs. It's got uh, the big brake calipers on it. It's it's just got everything that you can imagine on this this car. It is really a, a, a race car that is built for the street. It's a 2023 Z06 Corvette, and again, with the Z07 performance package on it. Uh, it, it's a great car. It's got all the uh, larger tires on it. It's got larger wheels. It's got big brakes on it. It's got a great aero package on it as well. So if you'd like to have a chance to win this Corvette, all you have to do is go to winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And while you're there, why don't you buy you a raffle ticket for the 2022 X? 410 sprint car this this car is a complete race ready 410 sprint car and they're also going to give you $25,000 cash 
And folks, I'm telling you, it's it's getting close. December 16th, they're going to be giving this car away. And you can purchase your raffle tickets at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. This is a complete 410 Sprint car. You can sell it. Even if you're not if you're not into racing and you just want to buy a raffle ticket, this is a good way to put some cash in your pocket as well, plus the $25,000. They're going to be giving it away on Friday, December 16th, and you can buy those raffle tickets again at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. Or if you're not comfortable giving your information on a computer, you can always call up the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176, and you can order by phone as well. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix, it works. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, 
visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Austin O'Neill, Kirk Elliott, joining us by Zoom today on the show. He's at home. He had a little medical procedure done this morning, so he's not allowed to drive right now. Kirk, I appreciate you uh, still coming on the show with us from your apartment. I appreciate that a lot. The uh, world is safe without me out on the road, right, Scott? Kirk, don't take me down that road. <laughs> Have you ever been in an accident, Kirk? Uh, yeah, a few. A few. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive, though. You're still alive. And I haven't killed anybody that I know of, so it's all good. You, you thought you were going to die one time on, on 435, though, didn't you? I got clipped by somebody, and he turned me around. In the, uh, I got cut off and clipped and turned around sideways in the middle of an interstate. That was a hit and yeah, run. That was scary. That was a hit and run, wasn't it? Yeah, he didn't stop. He kept going. He kept the the guy that clipped me and turned me around kept the foot in it and kept going. You know, I'll never forget that day when you called me. You said, Scott, I've been in an accident and my driver's door is up against the guardrail. What do I do? <laughs> Do you remember that, Kurt? Yeah. I had a, a near-death experience. Yeah. And 435, there's a lot of cars running up and down that highway, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you and I both have had near-death experiences. You've talked about a couple of them on the air. So we're just lucky to be alive, right? Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. Not really. Um. How about the uh, Maria Kofer re retiring? Um, tell me a little bit about her. What do you know about her, Austin? Uh, Pete sent this in, and that's an interesting. She's awful young to be retiring, isn't she? Yeah, I'm not sure what her exact age is, but it's I'm gonna say later twenties, maybe middle middle twenties. Um, here recently, she's been driving for the. I might butcher this. Um, a Buckus A B. CUS team, right? That's a midget team. Um, they've been running a lot of, a lot of the USAC uh, midget stuff on the pavement at IRP, um, and some USAC dirt races um, with their midget. And I believe she's from California. Uh, California. She's been uh, a name that's been known for for quite some time now, and it's kind of finally she's making more and more starts with with the national series, and um, had some pretty good runs this year. Um, and then made an announcement uh, right before uh, the IRP races here at the beginning of the month that uh, she was uh, retiring effective immediately and uh, Justin Grant filled her seat at the image show at IRP. So um, she just mentioned that it was uh, for uh, uh, health purposes, and uh, did, that's all I've seen so far. But I'll check out that article and see if it, if it mentions anything else. Did, did, she, did she get in a bad accident somewhere and have a, a, maybe a concussion or something? Do we know? Uh, not, not that I know of. Because she says my long-term health is priority number one, and I don't feel committed to continue is my best interest, or the team's best interest. So she must have she must have danged herself a little bit somewhere. Well, along the way. that or if they have underlying medical conditions that uh, the public doesn't you know need to know about well, or, or know true. about. That's true. Um, it's not always concussions. We still race with concussions, you know, to this day. I mean, look at your favorite NASCAR um, and drivers are still racing with, with previous concussions. So, mm. well, that's, uh, it's kind of sad to see somebody. How'd she do as a driver? Did she win any races? Uh, I believe she won some races out back in her home, t uh, home state. Um, from my knowledge, she does not have a USAC national win, win, but, um, always had a good equipment and always had, you know, good, good runs and, um, you know, she, she made a couple of starts here in Missouri, uh, at Sweet Springs this year and, um, yeah, made, made some big shows, you know, along, along the year too. Did, so did she make her name as a micro driver? Is that how she made her name for the most part running micros? 
I, you don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember seeing her down at the Chili Bowl racing down there a few times. So how'd she do? Do you remember, Kurt? I don't recall. I just remember watching her race down there. So yeah. she's been around. She was around quite a long number of years. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to mention one other lady in motorsports. In case you haven't read the article that Lee Spencer posted a couple of days ago, Heather Line is the crew chief for Dennis Herb Jr. They're celebrating the World of Outlaw Late Model Championship this weekend. Check that out and look at her background. She's a mechanical engineer, and she shows up at Dennis Herb's shop one day and said, you need any help? And uh, she was dressed in a business suit, looked like she was a professional woman, which she was, and said, are you kidding me? You know, yeah. And she showed up, and it's just Dennis Herb and Heather Line that are with that 28 car, just the two of them. And she does a great amount of work on that car. And I watched them up at US 36 Raceway. <laughs> They're the only two on that whole crew. And Lee posted a great article about her the other day. Check that out if you haven't read it already. Yeah. And you can find that on the Racing Boys Scoop page. All you have to do is go to racingboys.com and click on the Lee Spencer banner, and it will take you right to where her um, columns are. She does a great job for us over there. She's been do How many years has Lee been with us, Kurt? Mm, five? Six or Five or six years. Five or six years. Yeah. Trying to remember. So yeah. Anyway, it's 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 a great piece. Hey, you know, people are bringing up uh, some some valid points here. Just a little bit. You know, Texas Motor Speedway, their their dirt's not very good. Las Vegas, their dirt's not very good. Charlotte, their dirt's not very good. Why is that? You think it has to do with they just don't race on these tracks enough? Because uh, it's like a lot of facilities. If you don't use the dirt enough, if they if the, if the track just sits there, it's probably not going to be very good quality surface to race on. Yeah, I think Austin brought that up here a little while ago. If uh, if if the dirt just sits there and you don't work it and you don't use it, it's probably not going to be in good shape. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we've got a caller that's gonna that's calling in. We're gonna try to get on get them online here in just a moment. Um, Tammy brought up the dirt in Las Vegas. Uh, seems to be a problem as well at Tex at Las Vegas. Um, Kirk, we we did a lot of broadcast down at Texas Motor Speedway and. Really, I, I I hate to say this, but really the racing never really was that good down there, was it? No. Hey, you know, what's what's crazy about it, the facilities are first rate. If you just look at the grandstands and the amenities and the facilities itself at Las Vegas, Texas, and Charlotte, uh, they're first rate facilities. It's just the racetrack surface is the bottom of the list as far as uh, – the quality amenities that they have at the racetrack. And that should be the most important thing is the right. race as the dirt surface to put on good races. Kirk, what's the best dirt you've ever seen at any one racetrack? I don't know. I've always, I've always been partial to Knoxville. Just, uh, I mean, that's just always been uh, the, the dirt surface itself has just always been good. And the Duncans that, who uh, prepare that racetrack, week in and week out i've just i'm always partial to knoxville yeah i i would have to agree with you um i would say that for the dirt wise um i'm, I'm going back to riverside and it just had that gumbo mud and it was sticky and always had grip um and and, and there was times when it was rough down there no doubt about it because um uh, I, 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 I've been in, I, I raced down there. Let me tell you this, Kirk. There was a time when I raced without power steering. And when you race down at Riverside and it got rough, listen, if you didn't have power steering, it would wear you out. It would just, your arms would be noodles at the end of the race. So. Um, I think Austin's in a in a conversation with somebody on the phone. 
Was that a uh, was that a quarter mile racetrack at Riverside? I'm trying to remember it was. the exact size of that track. It was a quarter mile. Yeah. And how much banking did that track have? Oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Dave Tyson could say. I I would say probably somewhere. Dave, what do you think uh, Riverside probably had the banking? I would probably say maybe 12 degrees, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Dave Tyson, he, he, he went there as much as anybody uh, back in the day. And I, I got to feel somewhere around 12, 13 degrees, probably something like that. And the old Olympic Stadium, uh, which was uh, here in Kansas City back in the day, that was also a – was that – a quarter mile racetrack as well. It was a fifth mile racetrack. Fifth mile. That was shorter than a quarter mile. It was. Yeah. Kind of chili bowl size. Yep, it was. Yeah. But that did have some banking to it, did it not? Not really. Not a lot of banking to it. Um, I would uh, listen. Nobody would know better to, than Dave Tyson. And, and listen, we're going to get Dave in here one day and sit down and talk about the old times back around Kansas City in this area. Uh, I think it would be a good day to have Dave sit in here and talk to us about that. But out of all the racetracks in Kansas City, maybe Olympic Stadium might be the favorite of most people that were around during that period. And I'm not sure what year that racetrack closed. I think it was 73 or four, maybe 74. I believe it was. Yeah. 73. You're old enough to, did you go to a race there yourself? I, I went to a Olympic stadium several times back yeah. when in the day. Um, just so you know, uh, Kirk knows this, but my mom dated a, a man by the name of Vernon Pittman and Vernon Pittman was a sponsor of Jerry Weld. Butch, they called him Butch, and we used to go down to Olympic Stadium to watch Jerry race back in the day, and I, I, I'll never forget the time, Kirk, did you ever go see the Joey Chitwood stunt team? Did you ever go see I them? Did, I did see them one time at, the, I think, the Iowa State Fairgrounds in Des Moines one time. We, we don't see that anymore, do we? No. Why is that? I think people would find that interesting still, people driving around oh, yeah. in two cars, ramping cars off into other cars. I think people would find that interesting, don't you? That was pretty cool. Anybody that's too much younger than we are are going to go, who's Joy Chitwood? <laughs> right. Well, Joy Chitwood was about as famous as anybody there ever was. Stuntman. He was a stuntman. I mean, you talked about Evil Knievel and Joy Chitwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. Um, so Frank didn't want to talk on the air, Austin. No, he just had some some points you can you guys can think about. Bring them um, up. Yeah. So his his uh, his big one was you know we talked about this a little while ago. You know Schumann's going to be the the new promoter at I seventy and and this is going to be I 70s third year of of, of having your fence. Um, this is this is kind of the year that they need to have you know their act together and and you know finally get get crowds and and get get people to the track and 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 it all comes down to marketing so um you know is is Schumann the answer you know to this problem um and what's you know what's what's our expectations you know with with his his management role and and do we think it it's going to have a future um if this year is is follows the trends that we've seen in the past couple what do you think about that, Kurt? There's got to be a buzz created for the facility itself. There was that when it was first opened a couple of years ago with the very first World of Outlaws event that drew a big crowd, and they had some other events. But after the first couple of events, the All-Stars were there the first year, we didn't hear much about I-70 Speedway. And a lot of people were wondering, okay, what's going on out there? Is there... Uh, is there more events that are going to be scheduled? There was just a, a big question of what the schedule is going to be. I just don't think that there's just been enough buzz created for the facility itself, and that needs to be rejuvenized in a, in a big way to let people know that, hey, we're open for business out here, and we're expecting to 
stage big events. That got lost a little bit for about a year and a half. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I want to, uh, David, he chimed in here, and he said Maria Kofer was the 2017 BCRA Midget Series champion. Did not know that. Thank you, David. I appreciate that. Um, Pete, he chimes in. He said, how about Austin Hill punched Matt Snyder after last weekend's Martinsville Xfinity race? I think that kind of got lost in the shuffle with uh, with Ty Gibbs um, taking out the leader, Brandon Jones. I think that got kind of lost in the, in, in the grand scheme of things. Everybody was looking at what Ty Gibbs did after the race. Um, NASCAR is not penalizing either one of them. Myatt Snyder? Yeah, I, did, I didn't exactly Myatt, see what Myatt, precipitated that. Myatt, yeah, yeah Myatt. I didn't really, uh, so I don't know enough about that whole situation to see what exactly happened and what precipitated that. But what I do know that is uh, Austin Hill's a pretty good-sized fella. I don't think you'd want to go uh, challenging him in any big way he'll drop you just like he did Myatt Snyder did did you see it Kirk did you see the video I saw just the highlights of it I didn't see as it happened or I don't know all the details of what caused that but I know about it and know that uh, Austin Hill came out on the better end of that deal yeah no doubt about it all right well why don't we take our final break of the this show and um We'll come back and we'll we'll talk about more of what's going on. I want to talk about a little bit about the big block modified race that was run last night, the Super Dirt Car Series. They ran last night. It was a really good race. I don't know if anybody watched it, but I did. I thought it was really an excellent race. We'll talk about that more right here on Mostly Motorsports when we come back. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, will not void new car warranties, contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix, it works. So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. 
One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott. He's Austin. Kirk Elliott joining us via Zoom. Little Bristol's hanging out with us here in the studio as well. My little dog hanging out. Dog loves Austin O'Neill, just so you know. Absolutely loves Austin O'Neill. That dog just runs to you every time when you roll into the studio, don't well, I usually have food with me, so she smells my food and, and tries to eat my lunch with me, and <laughs> that, does is not, she, that does not fly. You, you, you don't, do you feed your dogs people food? Every once in a while, but... Not very often? No. Mm -mm. It's not good to do that, because then they'll just beg at the table, right? Yes. We got a phone call, don't we? We do. All right, let's go to the phones right now. I believe it's Dave Tyson calling in. Dave, how you doing? Dave? Hey, good 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 afternoon, guys. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, very good. Yeah, getting wet out here in Independence. Oh, I know it, man. I, I, I got a problem. I got this little puppy, right? And yeah, and my dog like to walk. It it will not go outside to go to the bathroom, and I'm 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 a little nervous right now that it's walking around smelling around. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, you oh, get oh no! You oh, get them moving outside. It just did it. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, hey, hey, I, uh, I got something real easy. When you talk about the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame, hmm. after the uh, California the Ascot Park exhibit left, one of the featured cars in there now is one of the old Kansas City cars. Uh, where what car is that the number three the black number three no road cage the miss ellie car driven by west Farrand. Uh. restored by john lane uh with the lane machine works on the on the cow hmm. beautiful car and i think you guys know bill wright but bill wright's got photos on facebook of them loading it in and it's an absolutely beautiful car, and it is now owned by Brian Jackson, one of our CARB Hall of Fame and Museum board board members. Oh wow! How about that? Yeah, John Lane. Took, John Lane is as good as that gets when it comes to building stuff, isn't he? Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. absolutely. How many and, cars is uh, he? I, how many cars has he reproduced? Oh, I, I don't know. I'll ask him sometime, but, uh, oh, a number of them were up in Speedy Bill's museum up there, the American Museum of Speed. Yeah. Is that the great, uh, what, when it comes to museums, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is obviously at the top of the list, but Speedy Bill's Museum is excellent, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite because I can 
I can spend more time in there than they actually allow me. And, you know, it's, it's one up there, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, of course, Indianapolis has got a great museum. Uh, but yeah, the American Museum of Speed, that's going to be, I think at some point, a Smithsonian uh, museum. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I'll never forget the day that Speedy Bill took me and Kirk on a private tour up there. That was one of the greatest moments in my lifetime. Speedy Bill, we walked around, and um, they recorded everything he said that day. And he took us on a personal four-and-a-half-hour tour walking around up there. And it was such a great time, wasn't it, Kirk? Oh, it was just fantastic. I, that's well, um, you know what? They, that museum possesses a number of things that are not available anymore. And I know, like, I believe Ford Motor Company and uh, General Motors came back and said, hey, you know, we can't find these these items. Anyway, we could get them and buy them from you. And he said no. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny. Speedy Bill, when, when he took us on that tour, Kirk, do you remember he said, this is the first water pump that I bought? Remember, he was... He would go through the details about buying this. This is the first time he bought a pedal car, the first time he bought this water pump. And it, it, it was such a great uh, experience, to be honest with you. Yeah. Hey, I had an interesting conversation here, here about a week ago. You were talking a little bit. Uh, Austin brought up some of the regulations. We were talking about, oh, uh, the track down in Arizona going away. Um, I had a really good conversation with Matt Wood up at Knoxville of Elk Grove Ford. Mm-hmm. And he's the car owner for Shane Golubic. And he indicated, he talked a little bit about what's going on out in California. And just the West Coast is suffering so much from water shortages that they basically told them that they can race in late winter, early spring, and fall, late winter time periods. And and uh, otherwise, they had restrictions put on them like, you know, only one load of water, you know, one pass of water on a track. And I think as a result of that, you're going to see more drivers come back to the Midwest. Uh, we've seen... Aaron Reitzel established shop at Knoxville. We, uh, I can tell you, uh, oh, the kid from Texas. Uh, Aaron Reitzel. Number nine car. Aaron Reitzel's from Texas. Yeah, but no, the other kid from Texas down from Waco. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name right now. He mm. raced up at Knoxville quite a bit. The real young kid. He's going to be going for a 360 championship up there, and he's he's establishing base at Knoxville. Corey Day was at Knoxville a lot this summer. I think you're going to see more drivers coming from back west and setting up shop in the Midwest. And a lot of it is just due, I wouldn't necessarily call it normal environmental concerns like dust and dust and noise. Uh they just have serious water shortages going on out west. Yeah, no, we see it all the time. You watch the news. I watch the nightly news every night at 5.30, David Muir, and I watch that. And they always talk about the shortage of water out there in the west, don't they? Yeah, and uh, I think that's the, the fact. Matt wasn't upset about it. He just explained it. And it's just got serious water shortages. You know, uh, some people are going from yards, you know, grass in their yards to just rock, rock in the yards. And um, that's pretty common out there in the West. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, I think you're going to see more teams establish bases out here in the Midwest, drive on, drive on maybe circuits like the all-star circuit of champions, uh, ASCS, what may be. But I do know of num- more teams looking to establish base, like around Knoxville. Right. Yeah. Um, I want I want to chime in here. Uh, I, oh, Pete always gives us some great information, Pete, and we thank you for it every day. 
You always give us something good. He said Northeast Big Block Modified driver Matt Shepard has put together one of the best seasons in dirt modified history with 41 wins and over $500,000 in earnings. He was third last night uh, to Matt Williamson. Are you familiar with did, – did you watch any Big Block Modified racing last night, Dave? No, I did I did not. I was not able to. Yeah. But uh I I watched I watched some of that as a kid though. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. The uh, really the the blue car really set the standards back in the day, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but you had some great drivers uh oh Kenny Weld, Lou Blaney, uh Rudiman just just a long list johnsons just a long list of great modified drivers yeah that blue car it was uh it was in a league of its own orgasmic tron people don't even know that that was on that car do they <laughs> do you remember that yeah uh-huh yeah you know my old friend cecil taylor he was around when they were building that car quite a bit yeah there's there's stories about it uh I heard there was a lot of uh, paper bags full of cash that came in and out of that building. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I heard those stories. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Back in the day. So, yeah, Dave, we'd love to have you sit in with us one day here in the studio. Would you do that with us? Hey, I'd love that. We could talk uh, about some of the old drivers, some of the old tracks. Yeah, well, maybe we'll try to do that next week. How's that? Sounds good. All right, Dave. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate you. Okay, thank you. All right, there you have it. All right, hey, don't forget tomorrow, um, Track Talk with Kirk and I. We've been doing this show together for uh, 22 years, Kirk and I have been. I've been over there at Sports Radio 810 WHB for nearly 25 years. And uh, we are excited about doing that show tomorrow morning. It's a two-hour show. It starts at 8 a.m. Central Time. We hope that you will join us. Uh, we know that a lot of our regulars uh, tune in on Saturday morning. Kirk, what are we going to talk about tomorrow? Uh, we're going to talk about all that, what goes on at the World Finals, uh, night two of the Oval Nationals, and the NASCAR uh, Truck Series in action tonight to determine the championship at Phoenix with Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, and Chandler Smith going at it tonight. So all those races uh, got to kick back and enjoy some racing here at home tonight. Yeah, no doubt. Well, have a good time tonight, Kirk. We, uh, thanks for zooming in with us today. I appreciate you. I'll join you in the morning. All right. Thank, thank you, Kirk. For Austin O'Neill, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We hope that you'll join us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Central Time here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. We're on Sports Radio 810 WHB as well. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning right here on RBN, the Racing Boys Broadcasting Network. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding mucus fuel treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system, pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum 
and our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. <laughs> 